Who the heck is Corey Batoon? Well, until about five minutes ago, I wasn't sure either, but all I know is he is reportedly Missouri's next defensive coordinator. So, is this out of left field hire a good thing, a bad thing, somewhere in the middle? Let's get my instant reactions coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. And as you've probably heard by now, sources according to Pete Thamel, Missouri set to hire former South Alabama defensive coordinator Corey Batoon as the Tigers' next defensive coordinator. The guy has truly been all over the place over three decades of coaching, including most recently, as I said, at South Alabama, had several roles at Ole Miss recently, was defensive coordinator at Hawaii, a big-time assistant at Liberty recently during one of their best seasons as well. And again, a guy who's truly been around everywhere, including a a one-season stint all the way back in 1996 at Central Missouri. And hey, at least we beat Auburn to the punch, right? Score a victory for the good guys. We beat the Auburn Tigers to hiring a defensive coordinator. DJ Durkin still remains on the market as well, at least as I record this podcast. But you know what? Back to the Missouri job. It's safe to say, I think at this point, took a lot longer than I think any of us would have expected. It's pretty safe to say Eli Drinkwitz did not get his first choice at defensive coordinator. And you know what? He probably didn't get his second choice either, and maybe not even the third. I, I really have no idea. And while that sounds like a scary proposition I may have just laid out to you, maybe that's okay. Because even before this came out, I started thinking, you know what? Maybe another Kirby Moore, a guy who's a little bit off the radar, a young guy who just buries his face into the film study every single week. Well, maybe that's the kind of guy that we need. Or, as it turns out, in Mr. Batum's case, a middle-aged guy who buries himself in the film. Kirby Moore Sr., perhaps, is what we're looking at here. But in all seriousness, at 55 years old, that's not exactly an old man at this point. I'll just tell you, at 41, when I was 21, I thought 55 was maybe kind of old. But at 41, heck, I I think uh, Coach Batum is looking just fine. I'm not worried about his energy at this point. As long as he truly is the type of guy who will figuratively bury his face into the film, that's all you really need if you're Missouri because Eli Drinkwitz and the rest of his staff seem to have about everything else covered at this point. And in terms of worrying about this hire, the God's honest truth is I think once you get past, hey, Jim Leonard, the former defensive coordinator of Wisconsin, I think just about everybody thought that, wow, that would be quite the home run hire for Missouri. Okay, great. And Jesse Minter, who's at Michigan. Okay, Jim Harbaugh is off to Los Angeles. I wouldn't be surprised if Jesse Minter follows him to the Chargers to be his defensive coordinator. But obviously, if Missouri would 
would have gotten him? Yes, I would be doing backflips, and so would you. Hey, Bill Belichick's still out there. A kid can dream, right? But beyond that, who else? Who else are we really talking about here realistically? Because I just think so many fans, at least the ones who like to pontificate on the internet, really overestimate their own abilities to evaluate defensive coordinators. And that's frankly putting it kindly. Not only do most of these guys who you'll see definitive opinions about this guy and that guy, they probably couldn't even tell you what type of base defense do they run. Like, hey, are they are they four-man front? Are they three-man front? Are they one gap? Are they two gap? Couldn't even tell you those basic questions, much less be able to pick any of these guys out of a lineup. So to me, I think worrying at this point is a little bit silly because I'm sure if I went back and tried to find receipts of people online who were questioning the Kirby Moore hire, hey, who the heck is this guy? Fresno State, who gives a crap? All this kind of stuff. To me at this point, I just think Eli Drinkwitz, once again, after the Moore hire, after the Baker hire, and yes, after the Steve Wilkes hire, that wasn't, I don't think, as disastrous as maybe people remember. I think the back half of that 2021 season, the Missouri defense actually improved. So I'll give I'll give Eli Drinkwitz two out of three for sure. And even the Wilkes one, I'll say, not as bad as people remember. So again, give Drinkwitz, give Batoon the benefit of the doubt at this point. So in his past three seasons as defensive coordinator with South Alabama, he started in 2021 S&P Plus ranked defense, 82nd in the country. But then the next season in 22 improved all the way to 31st before regressing a tiny bit back to 58th last season. But to me, at South Alabama, hey, 58th nationally, That's not too shabby, and 31st is actually really, really impressive. Keep in mind, South Alabama is a team that has only been in FBS football, formerly Division I, since 2012. So in the same amount of time that Missouri has been in the SEC, well, that's South Alabama's run in FBS football. So you've got another stint at Liberty. They had the 61st ranked defense by S&P Plus. Just a really, really good season for Liberty that season in the 2020 pandemic year. There were there were a lot of offense for sure. A fast-paced offense at that. Perhaps that maybe even hurt those defensive numbers a little bit. But again, S&P Plus, it is pace neutral. That's more of an argument for, gee, my defense is getting a little bit worn out as the game goes along here. Now, to the next negative side of the equation. All of that's pretty encouraging. What I found discouraging is his last season in Hawaii. By the way, he was born in Honolulu, just as a note there, but he played he had a couple seasons, 18 and 19 at the University of Hawaii, only 113th nationally defense his last season at Hawaii. Now listen, Hawaii is a really, really tough place to win, despite the obviously paradise-like nature of the geography there. But again, geography hurts you, obviously, at Hawaii as much as it helps you, just in terms of actual physical distance from the rest of the mainland and college football. So, you know, it's a little bit discouraging to look at that number, but at the same time, do want to put some context there. So again, there was, again, you get past Jim Leonard, you get past Jesse Minner, you get past Bill Belichick, and all of a sudden you're left with 
guys who are at another another level below. Guys, frankly, in again, last season Kirby Moore was in this level now too. I would say Blake Baker was at that level before this too, a guy who had shown some promise in different spots, but a guy who had also somewhat worn out his welcome at the University of Miami before obviously landing with Missouri and now landing a big-time job at LSU. So, again, give Drinkwitz the benefit of the doubt. I I just think at this point, putting a lot of worry into this hire, I I just think a lot of fans need to admit that there's so much at this point that we don't know about Corey Batoon. And you know what? It is a championship week here in the NFL, and that got me thinking, what's the perfect team for Cody Schrader to potentially go to in the NFL this coming offseason, whether it's in the draft or as a free agent? Well, I think it's one of these teams in the Final Four, and I'm going to tell you which one here coming up in just a little bit. But first, let me ask you something. What would you do with an extra $100 in Las Vegas? Well, I think I would take it and put it all on Luther Burden to win the Heisman Trophy next season. But that's just me. All I know is game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Kansas City Chiefs just might find themselves in said big game in Vegas. So if you want to get on down there, you've put it all off the last second, you have no plans, hey, game time is the absolute best place to get last-minute ticket deals and take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time right now all game time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas 100 terms apply just download the game time app use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket or if you're not going to the game, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, including the SiriusXM app, Where, of course, you can listen to the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens go at it for the AFC title at 2 p.m. Sunday or on Channel 225 on your radio dial. But speaking of the NFL, it got me thinking, what is the ideal spot for our man Cody Schrader, of course, the great Missouri running back, to land this offseason in the NFL? And I got to thinking one of the first teams that, that... got in my mind was the Houston Texans. Obviously, Baltimore took down the Texans to get to this point, but I think we can all see C.J. Stroud, a heck of a quarterback. D'Amico Ryan's a young coach, seems to have that team on the rise, but I don't know that they have an obvious running back of the future. Damian Pierce, not a great follow-up to his rookie season, and Devin Singletary, not exactly the youngest guy in the league. And Speaking of not the youngest guys in the league, it seems like the Tennessee Titans are going to move on from Derrick Henry by all accounts. And, well, if you need a running back who can tote the ball a bajillion times, you want a feature back, 
Cody Schrader definitely fits that mold. I also thought of the Dallas Cowboys a little bit too because after moving on from Ezekiel Elliott, I think a lot of people expected Tony Pollard to take the reins and be a a feature back, a 20-25 touch kind of guy. It doesn't really seem like he's necessarily that guy. So, hey, have some thunder to his lightning, perhaps, in the form of Cody Schrader. I also thought of the Rams, too. The Saint, Excuse me, the St. Louis Rams. What year is this? No, the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, you got to love that. I think the Sean McVay outside zone style actually is similar to what Eli Drinkwitz likes to run. So there is that. The problem is Kyron Williams seems pretty entrenched at this point. He's a heck of a player. I believe he's from St. Louis, by the way. But you know what? Ultimately, I settled, I think, the best spot for Cody Schrader, even though it wouldn't be immediate, obvious carries, could be the San Francisco 49ers. Because here's the deal. Christian McCaffrey is obviously the do-everything running back, but he's not getting any younger. He's had injury problems in the past. Let's take some some tread off of those tires in the form of Cody Schrader. Again, Kyle Shanahan likes to run that outside zone stuff. Guess who has had a heck of a lot of reps at that particular play? To me, I think Cody Schrader would be a great fit there. I think Titans actually may be my number two pick there. We'll see who they get in terms of head coach, but I think any of those spots would be pretty interesting for young Cody Schrader. Now, over the past few weeks of this defensive coordinator search, Gabe Yarmond over at Power Mizzou threw out some names, of course, that well, at least had been bandied about, talked about in the Missouri Athletic Department, according to his sources. One of those names quite familiar to many Missouri fans, Alex Grinch, former safety coach at USC most recently. Well, he is now going to be the safeties coach at Wisconsin. So it wouldn't appear that Alex Grinch, based on that move alone, wouldn't appear that his name was brought up that entirely seriously in terms of being a defensive coordinator. That's just my own speculation. But again, Grinch, a former Missouri coach, and also I believe the ne- a nephew of Gary Pinkles as well. Now, when it comes to the bigger picture of SEC football here, I got to say I've talked a lot about about the, the nine-game schedule, especially over the offseason, of course. It's now an eight-game schedule without divisions at this point. Texas, Oklahoma joining, well, that's caused a reshuffle. I had assumed that once this season was done, we're probably going to get to nine at this point. One of the big reasons is, well, all of the three-game pods, the three permanent rivalries, if you will, well, all of those that were speculated for the most part were basically intact in this first season here. So it definitely gave the league flexibility to go to nine if they want to. And also, it just seems like, wow, a ninth SEC game, it seems like that's going to be too valuable of a property. At the same time, I also spent a lot of time this offseason talking about how with interest rates rising, well, the the time of all these media companies spending buku bucks on sports rights could be coming, if not to an end, at least being curbed pretty dramatically. I thought I did, now that has turned out to be correct. That was a good analysis, but I also thought that the nine-game SEC schedule would be the exception to the rule. 
But so far, ESPN and Disney are, are not balking. They're standing pretty firm on on a number that they're willing to pay for that potentially, and they're not pon- ponying up the dough that perhaps Greg Sankey and the rest of the conference expected. And according to the athletic Seth Emerson, by the way, the momentum for a nine-game schedule has slowed down significantly. According to him, maybe some people, some teams and coaches are looking at the current structure and saying, gee, this is already hard enough. Do I really want to add another game to this massive 16-team conference? That makes a lot of sense in some ways, though, the thing is, from Missouri's perspective, yeah, our, our schedule sets up nicely to have a good record to go eleven and one, twelve and zero, for instance. But if Missouri goes eleven and one with a perceived relatively weak schedule, does that maybe hurt it in terms of the twelve team playoff? So I don't know. There's a bit of a push in the poll there. It's almost old thinking, in my opinion, to worry more about your record versus hey. We just want to do everything we get need to get into the top 12. And if that means playing a little bit harder schedule and taking an extra loss, well, it doesn't matter what it looks like on paper in the media guide 50 years from now. What really matters is did we get into the 12 team or not? It should be 12 team playoff or bust for basically any program that is at Missouri's level or higher, a team that realistically has a shot to get there. And also, speaking of that momentum for the nine-game playoff, or the nine-team schedule, excuse me, that has slowed down a lot, it seems like, again, according to uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Seth Emerson, Texas A&M's Ross Bjork, their former, their former AD, he was a big proponent of this whole model, and he's gone now. So basically, long story short here, never say never, but it sure seems like the four-year rotation that we have set up here of eight-game schedules, is go- it sure looks like it's a heck of a lot more likely to stay intact here for, for the near future than it seemed to at least me this past summer. So eight games it is for the time being. You know what, since we're talking media here, and we're also talking about Disney so far not willing being willing to pony up the dough for more SEC product, essentially. Well, there was a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans, NFL fans in general, that were perturbed that the Miami and, and Kansas City playoff game was Peacock exclusive. Well, if you're ready to be perturbed about something, how about this for a notion? What if the Super Bowl is going to be a pay-per-view or exclusive to one streaming service type thing in the next, say, oh, I don't know, five to ten years or so? Well, this could also affect Missouri being on a streaming service as well. If indeed, hey, if Disney's not willing to pay, maybe Netflix will be willing to pay. Let's talk about a little bit more of the future of media and college football coming up. But first, I want to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook because... You know what? The NFL season, sadly, almost over, but there's still a couple weeks and three more games left to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so incredibly 
easy to use, and there's so many things you can bet on that, remember, you don't have to bet on the Chiefs this week. I know, I rode the Chiefs the last couple weeks. We're going to take it easy this time. That's a lesson you got to learn as as a as a wagerer, as a better. You can't bet on every single game, or eventually, guess who knows more than you do? Well, my friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. So, just in case... In case you disagree with me, maybe you got to have some action. Well, regardless, go to fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a chip shot extra point. It's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. That's Locked On Sports Today. And speaking of YouTube, who the heck knows? Maybe the Super Bowl will be streamed live on YouTube someday. And maybe not for free either. Did you ever think of that? Because, well, don't worry, this season, the Super Bowl or the big game, as I, su- as I suppose I'm supposed to call it. But no, seriously, the Super Bowl going to be on CBS this year, free broadcast television. No problem for any of you out there who maybe don't own, don't subscribe to every streaming service like my sucker self does. But even if it's not part of a streaming service per se, like it's not part of the actual package, I could see something like how ESPN Plus, they have UFC events that are exclusive to that streaming service now. Well, you have to subscribe to the service for 10 bucks a month or whatever it is. And on top of that, you got to pay the $60 for the UFC event. Pretty interesting model there. I don't think, I think, frankly, the NFL wants to be much more broad than that. I think that's one of the reasons why the Super Bowl remains and most of their games, 99% of them are on regular broadcast television or traditional cable like ESPN. But the thing is, it is possible that someday, what I think we've seen here recently, there could be college football, there could be NFL football. You've already got Thursday night football on Prime, right? You already had the Chiefs game on Peacock. So they're already dipping their toe into the water a little bit. But here's the thing. Again, if you're the NFL, you want as big of a distribution as possible. And right now, that still remains broadcast television. But as we keep going through here in time, Actually, something like Netflix is going to have even more distribution. Now, especially for the NFL, a business that, frankly, wants to grow internationally. We know this by seeing them play these games in in Mexico, in London, in Germany this season. Over and over again, we're seeing the attempts to grow this game internationally. Well, what would be the easiest way to do that for the NFL? Actually, it would be to put their product on Netflix because we just saw WWE Raw, a staple of cable television for basically the last 30 years, one of the highest rated shows in all of cable television for the past 30 years. And guess what? It's on every single Monday, save Christmas, basically, 50 two weeks a year. That's a heck of a valuable property. And the value for WWE and going to Netflix, not only is Netflix paying them a boatload of money, but now they have easy international distribution. It's so much easier to just get your product internationally 
on Netflix, even if you your country may not even allow Netflix, guess what? Everybody knows how to use a VPN these days, a virtual private network, ways to get around all that kind of content blocking and stuff like that. Now, what's interesting specifically to college football, specifically to Missouri, I don't see that model matching college football because college football is such a a regional product, not only regional to Obviously, if you're a Mizzou fan, hey, Mizzou Mizzou games are going to do really, really well in the state of Missouri, but just college football in general, people aren't all that interested in it outside of America. Certainly, you go to London, you go to Germany, you have NFL fans. How many of those people also have a college team? I would guess not even 10 to 20% of them even follow college football a little bit. So I think at this point, you're still going to see For the most part, college football is going to be on your traditional broadcast type of outlets, whether it's the big channels like ESPN or SEC Network, APC, the traditional broadcast stuff. But, you know, you've seen the Big Ten Network, their content, Big Ten, I should say, put a little bit of their content on Peacock, a major game actually on Saturday night off and a major Major television block anyway, for sure. Primetime on a Saturday night, which is a good spot for football more often than not. So again, just a really interesting landscape happening here. But again, if you're going to be upset that the Kansas City Chiefs are on Peacock, well, I'm sorry, this is kind of the way of the world and you're going to have to get on board. And really, the the good thing about, and again, in terms of distribution, it's not just internationally. But actually, there are places in Missouri to this day that have a tough time that are out in the middle of nowhere and certainly places in the western part of this country that are really isolated that can't get cable, that can't even necessarily get satellite because of the setup of their particular property. Well, you can get the internet. More often than not, one way or the other, you can get some type of broadband internet these days. So again, Netflix, a really interesting distribution model, one that hasn't really been matched yet. And if they ever get in to the bidding with ESPN and Disney, well, my goodness, then you're going to see suddenly really the SEC and the Big Ten could separate themselves even further from the pack. So again, thanks for joining me here as always on Locked on Mizzou. And as always, if you made it through the third segment with me, you are indeed a true son, a true fan of this program. So I appreciate you for it. But hey, you know what? I missed yesterday's slot, missed the Thursday program. So I'll make it up to you this weekend. Don't you worry. I'll see you. We'll have more to say about the new Missouri defensive coordinator, Corey Batoon. Apparently the ink is not dried yet, but when Pete Thamel puts out the tweet, it's pretty much official at that point. So until next time, I'll have more on Corey Batoon for you right here on Locked on Mizzou.